Jay Farner here, CEO of Rocket Mortgage and Rocket Companies. Last year, we saw historically low mortgage interest rates. What you may not know is that interest rates are already starting to increase, and it's likely that trend is only going to continue. Our team of experts is standing by to help you save before rates go up. Don't look back and wish that you had taken action. Call 833-8-ROCKET or visit rocketmortgage.com. Rocket. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLS Consumer Access.org number 3030. Hey, my name is Brian Golden. I'm the lead pastor of Centerpoint Church, and I'm the host of this program called Unfiltered Radio. And we're in a series right now called Skeptic. And what we're doing is discussing the big questions about God and about Christianity. And I think this is going to be helpful for you and hopefully challenging. He came to tear down every wall. And so I want to be a part of tearing down every wall. You are literally working against the activity of God in your generation. I've said this before. I want to say it to you one more time. Abandon whatever you can't examine. Everything that God wants to say to humanity, everything he wants to show off, everything he wants to put on to display, it is all represented in Jesus. God has a good plan for your life from this point forward. And so the marching orders are from now on, God, I want to invite your grace. I want to invite your mercy in, and I want you to fix what has been broken. And I want you to clarify what has been distorted. And I'm going to trust that your way is better. Hey, welcome back to Unfiltered Radio. My name is Brian Golden. I'm the lead pastor of Centerpoint Church and the host of this program. In today's culture, many of us are asking the question of what does it mean to authentically follow Jesus? Like, what did he actually say and how can it change your life? So whether you're a skeptic, a longtime believer, or maybe you're just investigating faith, we've created Unfiltered with you in mind. And we want something for you, not from you. Unfiltered is a listener-supported program, so if our message has helped, you can give at unfilteredradio.com slash donate. I hope that today's message encourages you or helps you on your journey of investigating Jesus. Hey, my name is Brian Golden. I'm the lead pastor of Centerpoint Church, and I'm the host of this program called Unfiltered Radio. And right now we're in a series called Skeptic, and we're talking all about the big questions of God and Christianity. Now, that's a massive subject to take on, and obviously we can't answer every question or solve every mystery. But here's what we believe, that we've been invited into a relationship with God through Jesus. And all throughout the scripture, we believe that God reveals the fact that he is explainable, he is observable, and he actually invites us to come with our questions and our doubts. And here's what I know for some of us, that's very different than what we were handed down. Maybe you grew up with a faith framework that just said, believe this or just have faith or just embrace it. And then somewhere along the line, a gap developed and grew between what you believed or were handed and what you actually experienced. And all of a sudden, your faith came crashing down. And so as we dive into the next part of this series, we're going to end with a defining question that you need to ask when you are tempted to walk away. And rather than me answer a bunch of questions that we've already sought to answer in this question, I want to give you one singular question as we start to wind down this series over the last couple days. And so come with your questions, come with your doubts, but if you've already walked away from faith or maybe you're in a place of doubt right now or maybe you're on the verge of walking away, there really is only one defining question that may be the catalyst for you rethinking faith and rethinking what you currently embrace in terms of God and Christianity. And so I'm so glad you're with us, and let's dive into the next part of Skeptic. 
there's going to come a day where you're going to grapple with some big questions or just some experiences that are going to lead you to a place where, man, you are going to seriously wrestle with just turning your back on this whole thing. And as I'll explain in a second, for a lot of you who would say you're a follower of Jesus, it won't be because you come to a place to believe it's not true. It'll be because you come to a place where the experiences and the seemingly irreconcilable gap between expectation and experience just leads you to turn your back on all of it. And so I want to leave you with a question. And I think the younger you are, the more important this question is to ask. And in fact, the younger you are, though it's relevant for all of us, the quicker you can get this seared into your mind, I think the better for you. And the question actually comes from a talk that Jesus is having with his guys. So one day they're um, hanging out and Jesus does one of his most famous miracles, the feeding of the... 5,000. Yeah. Um, so he's there and he blows everything up, a couple loaves, a couple fish, and it feeds 5,000, which is an unbelievable miracle, uh, probably second only to turning water into wine. It was a incredible day. Can you imagine that? So everybody wants a piece of Jesus at this point. Jesus is incredibly popular. Thousands are following him around. I mean, basically they had an agenda that they wanted to make him king. Like their ambition for Jesus was political. Like they needed another third party candidate to come in and kind of settle things between Rome and the Jewish authorities. Jesus was that guy. And so everybody wanted to, after the feeding of the 5,000 to make Jesus king. And then his disciples wanted Jesus to declare himself king because they knew that would be good for them. Like they'd have a very close cabinet position, important cabinet position. They would get a lot of benefits from that. Like it's good to be with the king, right? So everybody wants to make Jesus king. The the crowds are at a fever pitch. Jesus has just fed 5,000. And so as Jesus would do many times, he finds a way to kind of escape out of the crowd, gets into a boat and goes across the Sea of Galilee. And he gets across the Sea of Galilee and ends up in this little town called Capernaum. And so Jesus gets there, gets out of his boat, checks in, whatever, goes to the synagogue. And in the synagogue, all of a sudden, he starts to find that hundreds of people followed him there from the other side, from the south side of the Sea of Galilee, and are streaming into the temple. And like he just can't get away from people. And so... As they get in the temple, they start to taunt Jesus, if you read the story. Uh, Basically, hey, Jesus, like Frank wasn't at the last one. So if you could do a miracle, that would be amazing. Like turn some more whatever into food, water into wine is our favorite. If you, there's nobody dead here, so that's not going to work. But if you could just, if you could just do some things on our behalf, that would be unbelievable. And they they start to kind of go Jesus into doing a miracle. And so Jesus kind of stops them and says, listen, uh, let me, let me tell you about some stuff. And Jesus starts to teach. And basically says, okay, you know how I just fed you guys with bread and all that stuff. Um, God's offering something for you that it can fill your soul and your heart and your mind in a way that you're never going to lack again. You're like, oh, whatever. Could you do some more miracles? And then Jesus keeps going, okay, I'm, and you've heard this before. I'm the bread of life that has been sent from heaven. And several people like in the synagogue are like, no, you're not. Because like, we know your mom and dad. Mary and Joseph, like you grew up in a ghetto in Nazareth. Like you, you make furniture for a living and I don't think anybody really buys it. It's first century Ikea. I like, you're not, you're not anything. 
So uh, you, uh, you, uh, there's some strange stuff that surrounds your birth. Like we get all of that, but bread of life come from heaven. No, no, no. We know Mary and Joseph and um, I, like, no, you're not. And so all of a sudden in the synagogue, as Jesus is teaching, there's this tension that develops and Jesus talk just gets weirder and weirder and weirder. Now, I'm not going to fully explain what Jesus talks about because that's not the point of my message. He's talking about ultimately what he's going to do, his death on the cross. He's going to rise from the grave. But it's just a, a weird, weird talk that just gets stranger and stranger. And here's where I want to pick it up in John chapter 6, verse 54. Are you guys, you guys with me? Okay. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood. And everybody in the temple is like, hey, get, get the kids out. Get the, like, usher the kids out. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. Uh, uh, Jesus, question. I didn't, I, I didn't memorize the whole Torah, but I'm pretty sure that's not true. I, the, nowhere in there to eating your flesh and drinking your blood, nowhere in there does that lead to eternal life. So um, again, he's talking about where he's going to go. This is on first glance where it gets weird. In fact, somebody told me this after the first service, and I'm not even sure if it's appropriate to share, but that's never stopped me before, um, where they would go to church when they were little. And for whatever reason, their mom wanted to get out early, like a lot of you guys. And so when they would do communion, she would just hear the eat my flesh and drink my blood part. And then they were out. And so for years, she thought that's what happened at the end of the service. It was just cultic cannibalism. And then she would start to hear about the Gentiles um, later on, and she thought they were talking about genitals. And so it, like, there was a lot of confusion for her growing up in Sunday school. She had no idea what that was about. So whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. <laughs> and he goes on and on and on. And it gets stranger and stranger and stranger. And the entire crowd is going, what? Hey, my name is Brian Golden. I'm the lead pastor of Centerpoint Church, and I'm the host of this program called Unfiltered Radio. I'm so glad you've joined us as we're writing a series right now called Skeptic. And we're attempting to answer some of the big questions about God and Christianity. Obviously knowing we can't solve every mystery and we can't answer every question. But here's what we believe is that God has invited us to come with our questions and even our doubts. That God is an observable, explainable God. And so maybe you grew up with a faith framework that just said, hey, believe this. Just embrace this and don't ask any questions. And then somewhere along the way, all of a sudden what you were handed off in terms of belief started to contradict what you experienced. And all of a sudden your faith came tumbling down. And so in this series, we're just inviting you back. We're inviting you to ask the questions. We're inviting you to doubt and maybe even doubt your doubts. And maybe if you're a longtime follower of Jesus, we're inviting you to come back and begin to answer the question of why do you believe what you believe? And some of the big questions we've looked at is how does a good God allow evil and suffering? Or why is the Bible reliable? Or what is faith? But as we start to end the series over these last couple days, I want to leave you with one defining question. And really, this is the question when you're tempted to walk away, if you've already walked away, or maybe you're in a place of doubt right now. And 
All those other questions we've answered this series are incredibly important. But this may be the defining question that will cause you to rethink Christianity and rethink faith and rethink what you are leaving and what you're running after. And so I'm so glad you've joined us. I'm hoping today is going to be helpful, even liberating, as we dive back into the final parts of this series, Skeptic. Like, it's sacrilegious. It is cultic cannibalism. There is no way. Like, we read parts of the Torah. Moses would not be good with this. Like, what are you doing? And all of a sudden, the disciples who are with Jesus kind of notice that they're starting to lose some of the crowd. Like, Jesus' approval rating is about to drop. And because they want to make him king and they want to have a cabinet position, they're thinking in their minds, okay, Jesus, everything is going great for you right now. Approval rating is through the roof. Everybody wants to follow you. Everybody wants to retweet you. Everybody wants a piece of you. Like you are at the pinnacle of your ministry. Do not screw it up now. And so everybody's there in in verse 60. John goes on. John's pinning this. He was there talking about what happened. And he said, on hearing it, the whole eat my flesh, drink my blood, many of his disciples said... Now, this is not like apostles. The apostles are like the 12. This is the larger group, maybe hundreds of people, in some cases, thousands of people, like the feeding of the 5,000. The, the disciples, this larger group, on hearing this, basically said, this, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Like, hey, who's going to embrace this? How is this even relevant this is really difficult to wrap our minds around. And all of a sudden, the, the crowd starts to turn and all of the apostles know it. Like just before this, James and John had this whole conversation about like, when you get to heaven, can we be on your right and on your left? Like we, we want to be kind of the guys. They, they have an agenda that they want to get in good with Jesus. And now all of a sudden, Jesus is communicating in such a way where everybody's ready to leave. And I got to think in their mind, they're trying to, okay, how do we get him out of here so we can have a chat? Like Jesus, could you just sidebar Matthew tell some tax collector jokes or something like we need you to come out and um, talk to us for a second knock it off like tell some parables go with blessed are the whatever like that everybody loved that tell the one about the prodigal son people ate that talk up but this about your flesh and your blood like this is not working and by the way This crowd that's developed is like the buffer between you and the guys that ultimately want to kill you. And not only is the crowd the buffer between you and them, but the crowd is also the buffer between them and us. And if you lose the crowd, we're dead. So come on, go back in there and talk about prayer or something. Verse 61, aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, I love this. Does, Does this offend you? (laughs) as a matter of fact it does yes in essence is is this too hard for you is this is this too irrelevant for you and Jesus just kind of continues on with a little back and forth and then John as he's writing this pens this in verse 66 from this time because this is the hinge in Jesus ministry This is where everything changed going forward. From this time, many of his disciples, the large crowd, turned back, meaning they walked away and no longer followed him. 
we're done. We're done. Like, this is too crazy. This is too weird. And you show no signs of stopping. And listen, Jesus, we, we loved some of the stuff you did. Again, the parables were amazing. We've never seen anybody teach like you. Some of the stuff that you talked about, like the golden rule thing, that, that was incredible. Like we could take that home and apply that. The stuff that you talked about and blessed are the, and the kingdom talk, like we loved all of that, but we do not love this. Hi, my name is Brian Golden. I'm the host of Unfiltered Radio that you can listen to weekdays at 630 right here on this station. And I'm the lead pastor at Centerpoint Church. And I'm so excited with what God has done through Centerpoint and the fact that we are launching in North Campus on Easter Sunday, April the 21st. And a few years ago, we started as an alternative to church as usual. Whether you're a skeptic, cynic, maybe you're a longtime follower of Jesus, and you just haven't found a place to belong. And we've created a place that is accessible and welcoming to every type of group. It's the safest place, we believe, for anybody struggling with anything. And it's all about one thing, and that is loving others the way that Jesus has loved. Us And it is imperfect, but it is the church that we imagine in our community. And God has begun to grow it and do incredible things. And now there's the need for more space. And so we're launching this North Campus on Easter Sunday. We would love for you to be there. And we would also love for you, if you're interested, to be a part of the launch team. You can get all of the information and sign up at centerpointfl.org. Hey, I want to invite you to tune into a brand new series we're launching after Easter called Unfiltered Jesus. That really is the heart of this program, Unfiltered Radio. And really, with all of us, we have confirmation bias. We come to certain things with preconceived notions. And that's none more true than it is with the life and the message of Jesus. Like we attribute Jesus to opposing movements and political parties using the same verses. We have a million denominations. We justify all kinds of different things all in the name of Jesus. And so in this series, we're really asking the question, what does the unfiltered version of Jesus look like? Because it's possible in our generation that a lot of people are following a Jesus that they don't really know. And they've walked away from a Jesus who doesn't really exist. And so I hope you'll join us right after Easter for this brand new series, Unfiltered Jesus. Like we are not on board with this. We don't really even understand you. And so the disciples are listening and watching and kind of observing and they're seeing people walk out of the temple. And you got to think they have in their mind that, man, if I could just kind of take a few steps back by the column, grab some coffee, turn around and never come back. Right? And there they are, and there's all of this tension. And then Jesus, <laughs> who knows the hearts of men, which is a terrifying thought, turns and pauses and then says to the 12, This is powerful. You don't want to leave too, do you? Hey guys, you've been with the James, Peter, John. You guys don't want to leave too, do you? Like, are you thinking of walking away? Are you, are you thinking of turning your back on all of this? Like, are you guys going to leave with the rest of them? And the disciples knew you don't lie to Jesus. I mean, even remove the sin part, just because of the fact that on many occasions he had read their minds. Like, let me answer that question. I didn't ask it. I know, but I read your mind. And so, so there they are. Hey, do you guys want to leave too? And I'm telling you, if you could just dial in for a second, and I'm not going to be real long. This is so relevant to us. 
more relevant than you think. I know you got lost with the whole eat my flesh and drink my blood thing, just like the disciples did. But this is so relevant for us. Because the day is going to come, mark it down. The day is going to come where you are going to want to consider to walk away. The day is going to come where you are going to want to consider turning your back, walking away, leaving it, setting aside the faith framework that that you kind of gravitated to at an early age. And as I said at the beginning, for a lot of you, you just need to hear me on this. You will not be tempted to walk away because it's not true. You're going to be tempted to walk away because you get into a moment where suddenly it is too hard. And can we just be honest? Let's just be straight about this. Following Jesus sometimes as a middle school, or at least in some cases, can make your life better. Following Jesus as a 27-year-old in a corporate environment does not always make your life better. And there's going to come a moment where not that you've come to a place because you read whatever, whatever, and stacked up some intellectual arguments, and all of a sudden you're like, no, it's not true. You, You won't even have those conversations. Suddenly you'll be tempted to walk away because it is too hard. Suddenly you'll be tempted to walk away because maybe for the first time in your life, it costs you something. For some of us, we're going to be tempted to walk away where all of a sudden it like, you know, we grew up in a youth group and whatever, and we had friends around, you know, this thing that we embraced. And now we're in an environment far, far away from home. And instead of leading us into a place where we have more friends, we feel more isolated. It's going to happen during a time where it's, and this is maybe the biggest one where it just doesn't seem to matter. And nobody's like taking shots at our faith. Nobody's undermining. No, nobody's doing any of that. But it just absolutely seems irrelevant. Nobody cares. Like nobody's patting you on the back. Congratulations, you're a Jesus follower. You have been so faithful. Let me just affirm that and celebrate you. It just doesn't matter. Nobody's watching. Nobody cares. And, and listen to me. In many cases for a lot of us, this is not every one of us, we will be tempted in that moment to change what we believe to match how we behave. And you will not walk away because of an intellectual argument or because you have considered all of the ramifications and you've come to the place intellectually to believe it's not true. You're gonna be tempted to walk away because it's too hard, because it costs you, because it's isolated you, or you just don't think it seems to matter anymore. And can I just tell you this? And and if you don't seem this is relevant, maybe you can just save this away for, you know, down the road. It's going to happen generally in a time of transition. So you go from this to this, you go from that town to that town, you go from that job to that job, you move from that relationship to this relationship, you move from that high school to now you're a freshman in college at a university, it happens in transition. And all of the sudden, man, maybe you had some people around you where it just made it kind of easier and now you're by yourself. In other cases, it's going to happen in relational transition and suddenly some things have changed with some people around you and it's going to be real easy to be tempted to walk away. And then for a lot of it, it's going to happen in times, as I've said throughout this series, where what you were kind of sold, what you were taught, what you kind of, you know, just came to in your mind, your expectations and what you've experienced just doesn't seem to match and God's not answering your prayers and God doesn't seem to hear you anymore. And doesn't seem to be aware of what's going on in your life. And it doesn't seem 
to matter. And in one area, not every area, but in one area where it gets difficult, where there's a tension, where you're not sure, where it's not matching up any longer, that one thing is going to tempt you in that moment of transition, relationship, or doesn't seem to matter, to walk away and to turn your back on it. And listen, some of you are going, did you read my email? Are you serious? It's just the human experience. And Jesus is saying to you, do you want to leave too? Do you want to walk away and go with the rest of them too? Do you want to, do you want to unfollow as well? Hey, thanks for joining us in this series called Skeptic. And I just want to invite you, if you've missed any of these messages, to go to our website at unfilteredradio.com. You can listen to all of them there. And you can also find our messages on any podcast catcher. And I'd love for you to go do that and just catch up because we've been attempting to answer some really big questions in this series about God and about Christianity. Now, here's the thing. We know we can't answer every question and we can't solve every mystery. But here's what we believe from the scriptures, and that is that God who revealed himself through Jesus is an observable, explainable God. That God is not in contradiction with science, and God is not in contradiction with philosophy or in psychology, and that God has invited us to come with our questions, with our doubts, and even come with our skepticism. And so some of the questions we've been looking at are the age-old questions like, how could a good God allow evil and suffering? Or what is the starting place for Christianity? Or even what is faith? Or why do we believe that the Bible is reliable? And I believe that none of us should be afraid of those questions. And so whether you followed all of your life, I want to invite you into this series to really begin to look at why you believe what you believe. And if you're in the place of maybe being skeptical or cynical, I want to invite you to come investigate and to come answer and ask some of your questions about faith, believing that there may be answers on the other side of your doubt. So thanks for joining us in this series called Skeptic. Skeptic.